Hi there, this is Jim. And Ralph. And we welcome you to Psychology Takeaway, where we try to put uh, interesting things in the realm of uh, human behavior into packages that uh, you, know, you can uh, use. And uh, last week, we started talking about creativity. And I think, Ralph, you'll agree with me that there is uh, no time, perhaps in the history of humanity, when creativity is more needed. This is true, Jim, because uh, right at the moment, uh, it does seem that the world has a host of problems, uh, and trying to, uh, trying to solve them is going to take uh, people with imagination and creativity and stick-to-itiveness and lots of characteristics that the creative person brings to the table. Yep. Now, we talked after our uh, uh, meeting last week, uh, and we didn't uh, record this, but we talked about creative people in history. Remember? And what did we come up with? Who did we come up with with creative people? Well, it was Da Vinci, Mm -hmm. Galileo, um, Newton, Yep. All of all of these people uh, thought in perhaps different ways than the general mass of uh, of people at the time, and right. some of the time that they were lauded for it, and some of the time they got into rather a lot of trouble. Witness Galileo. Oh, good good point, um, and you know. When you and I were, were brainstorming, we didn't we, we put Stephen Jobs in our list, uh, but for some reason we didn't put uh, 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 Leon Musk or um, or Elon Musk or um, uh, Bill Gates in the list or or even uh, uh, the guy from Facebook. Um, so, uh, well, these are the I mean the three most wealthy people on the face of the earth. Uh, Creativity doesn't necessarily uh, equate to um, well, economic uh, uh, viability, I guess. I'm, I'm no, you, this, can, you can make a... This, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say you could make a hang of a lot of money without necessarily uh, thinking outside of the normal parameters. Right. Okay, I just think about... Uh, who was it? Was it Bugsy Floyd who said, you know, when, why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is? Yeah. Yeah. Who was uh, that? Uh, Pretty Boy Floyd, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And robbing banks is not necessarily a very creative uh, uh, outlet. There are some people on this list that's online that I don't really recognize. And some I would kind of... I wonder about like the the list I was looking at has Yoko Ono uh, on it, um, uh, Gertrude Stein, you know, very experimental, you know, Gloria uh, uh, Georgia O'Keeffe, you know, uh-huh. uh, again, quite ex- uh, experimental. But of the let's see, twelve people that are on the list that I'm was looking at, um, three are female and uh, uh, the rest are male, and I think we last week discovered or thought that maybe uh, Marie Curie should be on the list too, right? 
I would think so, yeah. And, you know, depending on whether you're coming at this from a um, modern feminist, let's say, viewpoint, or you're coming at it from a more traditional historian's point of view, um, you can argue there should be more women on there. Uh, and I don't know that uh, it's because women did not get the recognition they deserved uh, coming along through history, or whether it's that the society discouraged women from being innovators. Yeah. You know, I think about um, Barton, who established the Red Cross. You know, I guess that's, that's think, I don't know, that's, Certainly, it's a, it's a wonderful thing that she did, uh, but I guess it's not creative in the sense of, uh, say, a, well, a Pablo Picasso with his uh, experimental art forms. Anyhow, yeah. I, it's kind of, I think we could probably uh, get our listeners to send in their own votes for the uh, most creative people. And, uh, you know, the guy we were talking about last week, Sam Nicholas. Uh, uh, starting um, Odyssey of the Mind. You know, that was a, a very creative thing that, that he did. So, you know. Yeah, and uh, Jim's daughter, Alicia, we were talking about uh, Odyssey of the Mind, and uh, she said that her son was involved in a national science competition uh that had very much the same characteristics as Odyssey of the Mind, but was focused mm -hmm. on science. So, yeah, I think that's uh, Science Olympiad, I think, right? Yeah, and, you know, my take on it, I guess, is that uh, anything that challenges your thinking and forces you to uh, look at the world in new ways is a spark for creativity. Okay, yeah, that's a, a good point. So let's look at that. Let's unpack that a little bit further, Ralph. You know, if you go into any book that's talking about creativity, they'll give you, you know, oh, half a dozen different kinds of, of um, uh, characteristics of the creative individual. Like they seek change and adventure. Uh, they're tend to be impulsive sometimes. They challenge the rules. They don't like conformity. Um, uh, they're, they're skillful at rolling with the punches, um, looking at or thinking about prickly situations. Uh, who does that sound like besides the creative individual? Well, as you pointed out at one, at one time just recently, that that sounds a lot like we would be talking about a sociopath. Right. So some research has been done looking at um, creative individuals and comparing them with um, uh, people that we would identify as sociopaths or people who were uh, extremely emotionally disturbed. And we see that the creative individuals do not fall into either of those categories, even though they have this is some of those same um, uh, behavioral characteristics. Um, they are able to focus. They're able to use their 
their uh, um, uh, differentness in order to uh, solve um, kind of real life and pro-social uh, problems. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just just because you're creative doesn't mean that you're either you know a bad guy or that you're you're crazy. Well. I'd like to think that I'm not crazy. I'm not sure about the bad guy or not. Uh, when we played <laughs> Pueblos and Indians as a kid, sorry, uh, cow persons and Native Americans, uh, I always uh, wanted to wear the black hat and be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, and I think being the bad guy is kind of cool for when you're in uh, fifth grade, you know, also. So what color is your hat now, Ralph? Uh, gray. <laughs> and still, yeah, when still ambivalent about being pro-social. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember back to uh, say, say fifth grade, and that's the grade that I think that Jesse Alicia's son is in. Um, we could perhaps make the case that we were creative individuals who were locked into a a, a cage that uh, didn't permit us to reflect our creativity. Uh, but we got also, and I'm sure our teachers would have made the uh, case, we were also, you know, to be considered criminals at the time. Yeah. Um, we did a, a number of things that uh, probably would get us uh, suspended from school now. And in those days, it, it got you... Uh, a slap on the hand from the vice principal and probably a slap on somewhere else from your dad when you got home. But, you know, things like uh, hanging Buzzy Belmore upside down in the cloakroom uh, were probably verging on criminal behavior. Yeah, or the time we uh, put uh, uh, Bob Doherty out the window of the second-story classroom hanging him by his feet yeah probably wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have flown in today's uh, society but neither of them got hurt right neither of them got hurt and uh i i hesitate to say this because people are going to take it the wrong way but in our world at that time we felt they both deserved it <laughs> And we can talk about that at some point in time, you know, also. But, yeah, I agree. And so if you think back, Ralph, to fifth grade, uh, we had a, a brand-new teacher, a teacher who had never taught before. And that was back in the days in Ontario where you could take a what, a 12-week summer course after passing grade 12, and you could become a classroom teacher. And that's what Mr. S. did. And so he ends up at Alamir School in fifth grade with this group of, of uh, to say nonconformists would be uh, what uh, complementary to us, right? And um, yeah, so I think he, I think uh, part of the problem is that at that time in Ontario there was a set of very rigid boxes that you had to uh, had to live within for each grade. And uh, I think there were about six or seven of us uh, who did not fit any right. of the boxes that were designed for fifth grade. And, and that, so there were there were five of 
of us boys, and there were two girls that I can think of who uh, who grew up to be nonconformist. Many of them in fairly creative ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the uh, the, the the teacher tried to uh, well, tried to reel us in with the traditional ways of doing it. He put us all together at the front of the room so that he could monitor our behavior. But I remember, Ralph, by the time the uh, four o'clock bell rang, all of us would have wiggled our desks back to the back of the room where uh, the most, that was probably the most interesting place in the room. There was a lizard and a depressed looking goldfish, you know, back there. Um, yeah, and also uh, at that time they housed the school library, such as it was, at the back of the room, and eventually Mr. S kind of gave up on teaching us because most of us was were mastering our lessons well enough, uh, mm-hmm. and he just basically said, go to the back of the room, find something to read, and do not interrupt the rest of the class. Yeah, and and so we were able to do that. In fact, he enabled us in such a way. uh, He brought in National Geographics, and he brought in a field and stream, and various boys' life was there. And so, you know, we spent that particular school year, uh, what, stalking uh, uh, mountain lions in Montana or learning how to build bridges out of sticks and stones or or uh, um, learning about the uh, life at the bottom of the sea when other yeah. people in uh, the classroom are learning about Laura Seacord, right? And I, uh, I learned uh, Morse code that, uh, that, school year from Boys Life magazine, and uh, it has uh, occasionally come in handy. Mm-hmm. As, uh, as opposed to know, knowing more about Laura Seacord, right? Yeah. Um, How much is good candy? Yeah, I, yeah I, I figure that knowing that Laura Seacord chocolates are pretty good is about the extent of what I need to know about Laura Seacord. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the what I'm hearing now from the two of us just sort of uh, talking is that uh, uh, school, uh, at least the school that we went to, uh, didn't necessarily uh, value our creative spirit. <laughs> and that, I think, happened in high school you know, as well. Because you, know, you think about what teachers value. They they want you to show up on time, be punctual. They want uh, uh, you to be courteous and considerate of others. They you, they want us to be quotes well rounded. Uh, uh, obedient is a big one <laughs> in schools, and the creative individual may not fit any of those characteristics. Yeah, and uh, certainly when when I think back to uh, to the high school. Um, the the classes were all aimed at uh, turning out people who were going to fit in to the industrial society. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah, they were they were 
uh, uh, grooming us for the workplace, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, in, in Canada at that time, a lot of kids left high school after grade 10, and they went into industry, and they spent 40 years in industry, and then they retired. And the education that they got up to 10th grade was enough to fit them into a place in, in the industrial world, and they were happy, and the school was happy. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I talked to my friend David. Oh, I don't know. I guess it was into my third or fourth year university, and he had done that. He had uh, uh, left school at, at, after 10th grade and went to uh, Algoma Steel. We've talked about that. That's up in the Sioux. And uh, he had a very good job. One of the best jobs in the in the factory is doing, you know, something rolling steel out. He was a, a steel roller. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, right. That was a, a pretty trade, good a job. job. Yeah, you yeah. had to you had to know uh, know how to operate a mill, which was not very intuitive. And a lot of guys went in and didn't end up as rollers uh, because they just didn't have the mental acuity to uh, to take over a highly technical job. David did, yeah. and yeah. when we talked to him uh, that that summer, uh, he, yeah, he kind of laughed at us because you know there we were swinking and sweating at university, uh, learning all these abstract ideas, and he was saying, "Well, you know." Uh, right at the moment, I'm earning $18,000 a year. And believe it or not, back in the day, that was a lot of money. Right. And he said, by the time you get out of uh, uh, college and start earning a job, you know, I'll have a million dollars in the bank, which I think he did. <laughs> but again, as as we pointed out, having the bucks, having the money, you know, being a Zuckerberg is not necessarily um, – the the um, definition, at least, of you know, the response to creativity. Although certainly some pr- people who were uh, creative, like Edison, uh, ended up, I think, with uh, a pretty good uh, inheritance to pass on to you know other people. Um, so, yeah, we're going to look a little bit more, I think, next week, Ralph, at some of the programs that are out there. You know, we looked at Odyssey of the Mind, and you mentioned um, Science Olympiad. But there are some programs that are kind of interesting in that the focus is on future problem solving. And what's a future problem? Well, maybe having a planet that uh, uh, has too many people and uh, not enough uh, resources. How do you how do you handle that? You know, do you get rid of people? That doesn't sound very creative. Do you increase resources? That would be the creative solution here. So we're going to start looking at some of those things next week. Yeah, and one of the things you know that you run into, Jim, and, and for example, uh, the current situation today, I think there are relatively few people who would say. Uh, no, there is no such thing as climate warming. The climate is not warming. But 
going uh, instantly from A to Z is just not going to happen. So how do you uh, how do you creatively plan that future that gets us to uh, a stable population, stable energy, and stable resources without yeah. you know without throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which I think yeah. some people are are trying to do right now and. Uh, you know, all that's going to happen, I think, is that uh, the effort is more likely to fail than not. And if it fails, then uh, maybe nobody attacks it again for another 10 years, which is not good. Yeah, right. You know, that's something that we um, talked about last week with Odyssey of the Mind. There are, were several components to it. One was the long-term problem. But the second component was selling the audience on the solution that the teams came up with. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if scientists would, uh, would agree with this or not, but my perception is that we don't do a very good job of selling science. Like, you know, what exactly does this mean and how is it going to benefit um, uh you know, the individual on the street. And that's what we're trying to do here with uh, um, uh, Psychology Takeaway. And it takes some things that are out there, you know, the research that's, that's been going, yeah, it's going on, and we're trying to look at it a little bit in terms of uh, what it might mean for a larger society. Yeah, and, and one of the things that, you know, just as a, a matter of encouragement for our listeners, uh, last week we talked about, you know, how beneficial it would be to uh, to get a child of yours involved in uh, one or the other of these programs that encourage creativity. But the other thing is that uh, when you think of the amount of time that most of us uh, use watching entertainment programs on television uh, as opposed to actually doing something, you know, many adults could really benefit from taking up uh, some kind of a hobby that involves making or doing. And it can be almost anything, anything from carpentry to, you know, uh, uh, cooking and canning, uh, Mm-hmm. I think you know. I think the the fact that you take yourself away from uh, the TV one one or two nights a week and do something else is healthy, not only for uh, learning new skills, but also just for your general mental health. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right, and uh, you know we've said before getting out into uh, nature and seeing. The, the world through different eyes is a, a great thing. Certainly a very creative photographer, Amsel Adams, uh, uh, did that. But I'm looking here around my my office, and I see a fantastic photograph uh, of uh, two islands and uh, water and contrasting blue sky or blue water and sort of a purple sky. And, hey, you know who the creative uh, photographer was here, Ralph? 
It was you. No. Oh. Yeah, it was you. That was, yeah, I have this in my uh, hanging in my office. You know, and so you took something that was there, but you were able to see it differently, and then you were able to capture that. And hey, you know, twenty years later, you know, I'm still enjoying it. So the uh, the creativity uh, doesn't have to stop with with uh, you know cooking things or gardening or or uh, uh, doing carpentry, it can you know be going out and seeing the world through different eyes and uh, recording what you see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, until next week, this is Jim and Ralph saying, "Keep your stick, keep your stick on the ice, because we're all in this together." together.